She is the business is a movement for high achieving women walking confidently, leading powerfully, operating in integrity, living in alignment, producing in excellence, serving in the community and committing fully to operating significantly as she handles her business. You're listening to the Leverage Your Incredible Factor Business Podcast, the place to be to leverage and scale a business that serves you financially and spiritually. I'm your host, spiritual business growth coach, Darnell Jersey Harmon. Join me each week for inspiring stories, powerful interviews, and business growth strategies to help you to experience abundance in your life because of your business. If you are ready to play and pray bigger, let's get this party started. Oh, and if this happens to be your very first time joining me, there's a couple of things I want you to know about me. First and foremost, I'm not new to this, I'm true to this. For more than 10 years, I have been growing businesses, period. I am the absolute best at combining spiritual principles with business growth strategy to turn entrepreneurs into multiple six and seven figure CEOs. And I believe you don't have to choose. Yes, you can love God and make boatloads of money. Oh, and I don't do hustle and grind. I do spirituality and systems. And I'm on a mission to create even more multiple six and seven figure business owners. And you might be wondering what exactly it is that I mean by the incredible factor. And if so, I invite you to go all the way back to our very first episode called Exactly What is the Incredible Factor, where I'll break it all the way down for you. Oh, and there's even a really cool worksheet that will help you to define, own, unleash, leverage, and ultimately scale yours. I'm Tickle Purple that you're listening in today. This episode is powered by the Grow Your Business Toolkit. If you are looking for help, Cracking the code to grow your business to seven figures. This is it. Learn more and grab your toolkit at growyourbiztoolkit.com. So it is small business week in the United States. The first week of May every year is all about small business. It's also the week leading up to Mother's Day, as well as Teacher Appreciation Week and Nurses Appreciation Week. So there's a lot of appreciation going on this week, I want to use this episode of the podcast to do a little remixing. So I thought we'd have a little fun and we will remix this episode. We'll talk a little bit about business and we'll talk a little bit about mothers and we'll call this episode, She is the Business. So this episode is a shout out to every mother holding it down for her babies while building her business. This episode is for women who have a business that never got to have children. This episode is my way of saying, I see you, I celebrate you, I'm grateful to you. I want you to keep pressing and I am one of you. Now, many of you have probably heard my story as it pertains to becoming a mother. I've shared it on a couple of episodes of the podcast so far and I'll give you the quick rundown of the story in the essence of time in the event that you haven't held it. When I was younger, I wanted to be a mom because I wanted to prove the way that motherhood should be done, right? This is when I was hurt, I was confused. I've shared my own story about, you know, what happened in in my own family with my mother. Um, And I was angry, if I'm just keeping it 100 with you, I was completely angry. And so out of that angry place, I would make statements like, I'm going to be a mom one day to show my mom the way that it's done. You know how they say hurt people hurt people. Well, once I started seeing a therapist, shout out to therapy. If you have mental health challenges, I highly recommend that you get someone to help you to sort all of those out. 
and being an angry child, dealing with the fact that my mom went to jail when I was eight, which sent us to live with my dad and my stepmom and all of that stuff. I'm not going to rehash that because I've talked about that on other episodes. But what ended up happening is that I was pretty bitter, was pretty upset until I started therapy. And in therapy, I did my work, right? I think we all have to come to grips with whatever our story is, whatever those Achilles heels are, and be willing to do our work. And so that's who I became. I I did my work. And as a result of doing my work, it removed the need to become a mother just for the sake of proving my mother wrong. And instead, I started to admire and appreciate all that my mother was and and what it is she had to do. Because even, even though my mom ended up going to jail, what I can say is she did the best that she could with what she had, and we never went without, never. And I think that any mother, that's like really her, her impetus. That's the reason why she exists, is to make sure that her children never go without. And so as an adult, as a grown adult, I never thought I wouldn't be able to have children. Right. I got pregnant in my 20s. I was engaged to my first ex-fiance and we got pregnant. I was elated because I was extremely promiscuous. Oh, let me sidebar and say this. You're going to get to know me a little bit better in this episode because um, I'm probably going to reveal some stuff that might not even be relevant. But hey, it's my party. I can cry if I want to. And so when I was in my, well, as a young adult, I was extremely promiscuous and you know, looking for love in all the wrong places, yada, yada. And I never got pregnant. Now I was careful for the most part, but I never got pregnant. So I actually thought I couldn't get pregnant. And so imagine my surprise when I'm 20, I think I was 23, 24 and I pop up pregnant. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. You would have thought I was a kid in the candy store. So excited. My boyfriend at the time, we were newly dating. I think we had been together maybe nine months at that point. But I was excited and who wouldn't want to have a child with me is what I thought, right? Well, he didn't. And so um, my life was shattered. The bottom fell out of my life. I wrote about this in my book. If you understood my past, you would understand my praise if you ever want to go and read the sort of details. We don't have time for all of it today because this would be like a three hour podcast episode if we did that. But I ended up having an abortion and it was the hardest thing I'd ever done. And I never, I didn't know how I would come back from that. That's actually part, a big part of the reason why I started going to therapy because I needed some help sorting through what I had just done. I was so clear that I did not want to be like my mother and like my sisters and friends that I knew at the time who were single mothers who were struggling because the father was not present. And here this guy was telling me that he was not interested and I just didn't want to do that to myself. I, I'll be honest, you know, in hindsight, many years later, I was weak and I didn't trust myself enough. I didn't trust God enough. And so I did the unthinkable and I, you know, I've done my work. I've forgiven myself. It, it kind of is what it is at this point, but I'm just kind of giving you frame of reference to, to bring you up to speed. And so, you know, four engagements later, I'm finally married. I'm married to the love of my life, the man that God kept for me, the man who would take me into my destiny, the man that I waited for so that I could really show up in the world the way that I was supposed to show up. And the thing I want to do most is give him a baby. That's the thing I want to do most. And up until this point, we've been married for two years. I haven't been able to do so. 
you know, two weeks ago, we celebrated National Infertility Awareness Week. And infertility is described as a woman or a man or a couple who is unable to get pregnant after trying for 12 months. That's considered infertility because I struggle with that, too. I'm like, I don't want to wear that label. But I realized that only if I tell my story will I actually be able to help other people. And so um, when we got married, we waited a year because, you know, we got married older. And when you get married after 40, there's a lot of adjusting that needs to be done. And so we waited a year and then we started trying to get pregnant and we weren't getting pregnant. So we ended up seeing a fertility specialist, learned what the issue was, corrected the issue, and then we got pregnant. It's been almost a year, well, a little bit less than a year. We got pregnant last June, just to give you a frame of reference. And I'm over the moon excited. I'm, I'm so happy and grateful because I can finally, my husband is an only child. I can, you know, produce an heir for him. I can, I can help to expand his legacy. It's so amazing. Like what better gift could I give to him? And it was challenged from the beginning and we ended up having an ectopic pregnancy and ectopic pregnancy is a pregnancy that implants outside of the uterus and it cannot survive. So I'm like beside myself. Right. And then they have to dissolve the pregnancy. So we have to wait three months before we can try again. And I don't know if I said this already, but I'm 44. I'm not at that point in time, I'm about to be 44. So it's not like time is on my side. And so we have to wait. We get clearance again to start trying around my birthday and we make the decision to do in vitro fertilization because then we don't have to worry about the issues with fallopian tubes and all of that stuff. We, it just makes it easier. We go through the process to do our first round of IVF and it fails because all of our embryos are abnormal. Now, again, we're older. I'm 44 at this point. My husband is 43 at that time. And um, we've got abnormal embryos. and. So we decide to reset. We take 90 days off and we eat right and take all of the supplements and do everything they recommend. And when it's time to start again, it's COVID-19. And so we're kind of on pause right now from in vitro fertilization or using a reproductive endocrinologist to help us to get pregnant. So we've been trying naturally and we haven't been successful yet. Why am I sharing all of this? Because this episode is about moms and moms who have businesses. This is this episode is about celebrating, bringing, bringing small business, which I love, and motherhood, which I aspire to, together in one place to celebrate the women who are doing the darn thing, holding it down, raising positive, successful citizens, and growing businesses that serve them financially and spiritually. This is a shout out to you. I think most of you know that I work almost exclusively with women. About 95% of my clients are women many of whom are mothers. I have you know, some clients that aren't mothers. They, either they didn't have the dream to become a mother or like me, they're, they're waiting to become a mother or they've, that ship has sailed and they've kind of let it go. They're mothering in other ways. They're bonus mothers or they're you know, mentoring children, whatever the things are that they might be doing to kind of um, fill that role if that's their desire. And I love working with women, not only because I am a woman, and I think you know we tend to want to work with people who are like us. I, don't get me wrong; I have some male clients that are thebomb.com, and I do work with men. I'm not you know exclusive to working with women. Um, but one of the things that I know is that women 
really have an opportunity to do this business thing big. And so I thought, what better way would it be to celebrate both coming up on Mother's Day and Small Business Week than to take an episode and dedicate it to, to, to women business owners? You are the business. About a year ago, I had a conversation with Warren Carlisle. Maybe you know Warren. Warren is amazing in many, many ways. He's the founder of Octonation. I think I'm going to reach out to him to see if we can get him on an episode of the podcast. He teaches people how to build powerful communities. And we were just chatting, kind of, you know, connecting, synergizing. I asked him because he does a lot of work with with brands and specifically movement around brands. Like you should look him up. Octonation is like the fastest growing fan club of people who love the octopus, like crazy. But what he has done with that brand, what he has done with that movement and how he has galvanized people around it has been amazing and ridiculous. It's, it's just amazing what's happening. And so we were just kind of sitting there and I realized that I didn't really feel like I had a movement. Yeah, sure. I, you know, I teach people how to leverage their incredible factor, right? Well, actually the whole continuum, or define, define it, take ownership of it, unleash it to ultimately leverage and scale it. That's what I do. But I didn't really feel like that was a movement. And Warren concurred. He agreed with me. He's like, yeah, no, I'm not really feeling that as a movement. And so we kind of pondered and he asked me questions. He actually has this process that he does where he understands your core values and how those core values prey into the the community that you want to create. And as a result of our time together, he hit me probably about 30 minutes in with this. She is the business. And I immediately got the goosebumps and my hair started standing on end because I felt like that was it. He had asked me this question. He said, what is it that people say about you when they're talking about you either to you or what you would presume that they say about you when you're not present? And I said, they would say, you know, like, she's the bomb. She's got it going on. She's the truth. She's the real deal. And he said, well, would they say she is the business? And I was like, I think they might say that because I think people who know me, who've worked with me know that I'm very serious about business. I mean, it's my divine assignment. I take it very seriously. It is not a game. It is not a joke. I don't do it for for sport. I do it because it's my divine assignment. Now, I love doing it and I have fun when I do it, but I am serious about business. And the method with which I show up is powerful. And so I immediately resonated with She is the Business so much so that I created a manifesto. If you were to get a copy of my Incredible Factor Business Growth 90-Day Planner, you'd see the manifesto. Because when I first created it, we put it in the planner. Now, when we print our next set of planners, we're probably going to take it out. But I thought it'd be cool if I shared the manifesto with you because it is powerful. I think it speaks to women it speaks to women in business. It speaks to mothers. It speaks to mothers in business. This is a powerful declaration, affirmation of who we are and how we have the ability to shape the planet. So I want to share the manifesto with you. And then we're going to round out this episode with, let's talk a little bit about business, shall we? Right? Like, I mean, I know we've gone all over the place. I don't talk about infertility, um, but let's, let's make it real in business and, and, and we'll end there. So here's the manifesto. She is the business is a movement for high achieving women walking confidently, leading powerfully, operating in integrity, living in alignment, producing in excellence, serving in the community and committing fully to operating significantly as she handles her business. I mean, are you not inspired right now? Let me read that one more time. It was so good. She is the 
business is a movement for high achieving women, walking confidently, leading powerfully, operating in integrity, living in alignment, producing in excellence, serving in the community, and committed, committing fully to operating significantly as she handles her business. She is a boss. She is a mom. She is challenging the status quo. She is a disruptor. disruptor. She is shaking the planet. She is changing lives. She is leveraging her incredible factor. She is powerful. She is poised. She is profitable. She is the business. So I celebrate you women. I celebrate you mothers. I celebrate you women in business who are mothers. I celebrate you this week, this small business week, this week leading up to Mother's Day. I celebrate you. I love you. I am honored and humbled and inspired by you. I love right now as we are you know, parents in waiting while we're waiting for our blessing. Because I do know and believe not only because God gave me a promise um, that I would be a mother, but I know that I know that the, this desire is in my heart because he placed it there first. I think sometimes people read that Psalm 37 scripture and they internalize it the wrong way. What it actually means is that when you are so deep and buried into God, when you delight yourself in, in, in him, when he is in you, then the desires that are in your heart are the ones that he placed there. That's what I know. And so I know it is only a matter of time before I'm coming back to share with you when it's appropriate that we are expecting. And you heard me say it here, I am, you know, I'm all about faith. I'm all about putting God on front street. I'm all about calling him out on his word because his promises are yes and amen. And if he said it, he will make it good, right? Because he is not a man that he shall lie. And, um, and so I'm excited to share that with you. But today I just, I want to celebrate the, the, the business women that are holding it down. And I just want to share some tips with you uh, in this small business week, this small business week in a pandemic where many businesses are still trying to recover from what happened economically from losing speaking engagements and clients not being able to pay and all of the ricochet that has occurred as a result of COVID-19. Women, I see you. I honor you, I celebrate you, I know that the best is yet to come from you, and I just encourage you to not allow what you see to hinder what it is that you believe. And so with that, I wanna share the five things that I think in order to continue to build a business that serves you financially and spiritually, and to continue to handle your role as a mother. I mean, I know you didn't anticipate becoming a um, homeschooling teacher, as many of you had, if you have children that are school-aged right now. But again, I celebrate you and I honor you because you can do it. It wouldn't have been thrust upon you if you couldn't do it and do it well. So again, I celebrate you. You are the business. So let's talk about, let's talk business for a few minutes. So five things that you need to do as a small business owner who is also a woman in order to leverage the power of your femininity and your small business to continue to experience powerful shifts that take your business further. Because here's what I need you to know. Like the year isn't over. I, I read a post somewhere, I don't even know where it was, that said um, 2020 is over for me. Yeah, 2020 is not over for me. 2020 is just beginning. It is not over yet. And I wanna encourage you that it's not over. There's still opportunities um, business is still being done. People are still in enrolling. You know, I work primarily with service-based entrepreneurs. So accountants and attorneys and coaches and consultants, interior designers are my primary clients. 
anyone in a service-based business is eligible um, to come and work with me and to see what it is that we do. And I'm watching my clients, many of whom have their best months ever, many of whom who have never gotten a client to pay in full that are getting pay in full payments from clients. So I just want to encourage you as we step into the five things that I want you to focus on right now, this small business week and the week leading up to Mother's Day. So number one, I want you to get clear on who God says that you are. If you are not spending every single day in God's presence, um, hearing his words, God speaks to us all the time. He speaks audibly. He speaks through the Bible. He speaks, he uses people. He speaks all the time. And the first thing you need to do for taking your business to the next level, right? And your next level, everything, whatever that means to you, whatever your next money milestone is, whether it's a quarter of a million, a half a million, a million, 5 million or 10 million, you got to get crystal clear on who God says that you are. Because see, when you know who God says that you are, you'll be confident. You'll be so confident that your confidence will either rub people the right way or the wrong way, right? When it rubs them the right way, you'll be the light that they need in order to see their way out of darkness. And when it rubs them the wrong way, they'll be calling you um, cocky, right? Or arrogant, right? I always say that when, when people have called me arrogant, because I have been called arrogant, that is just my confidence bumping up against your insecurity. But when you know who God said that you are, you're able to show up powerfully, sometimes without saying anything at all. You let your walk talk for you. You don't feel like you need to put your life on front street and, um, and pretend to be something that you're not because you know who you are and you know whose you are. I made a declaration to God many years ago. I told him that if he would use me to be an example of all that knowing him yielded in every area of my life, I promised I would never keep it to myself. That's why we talk about God um, so often. That's why my body of work is combining spiritual principles, the, you know, because God is principled. The Bible is the best system you could ever orchestrate in order to experience everything you want in your life and in your business and every area of your life. So you first have to get clear on who God says that you are, right? If you don't know what, who God says that you are and you need a place to go, read Ephesians. Ephesians is the most edifying book in the Bible. You will be encouraged. You will be equipped. You will be empowered when it is all said and done. So that's the first thing. Get clear about who, who God says that you are. Now, in order to be a small business that thrives right now, you have got to believe in something greater than yourself. And you have got to have the confidence and the courage to keep showing up even in the face of no. Because let's face it, you might get more no's right now, right? But when you know who God says that you are, you'll keep pressing. Second thing, you have to get clear about your incredible factor. I cannot stress this one enough. I mean, hey, this podcast is the Leverage Your Incredible Factor podcast. And here's the thing. I don't care where you are in the process of building your business. I don't care if you just started yesterday, you've been in it for a minute, or you're doing this thing and you're doing it big. I don't care. Regardless of where you are in your business, if you haven't done the work to define, own, and unleash your incredible factor, you won't be able to leverage and scale it, period, point blank. Now, the cool thing is that we created that powerful worksheet that you can grab if you'd like to go through the process of clarifying your incredible factor. It's one of the first things I do with clients because I've had people who come to me as six-figure businesses that want to be seven-figure businesses, and they don't know what makes them unique and compelling in the marketplace. They kind of stumbled into a six-figure business. It just kind of happened. And they weren't being strategic, right? Yeah, that's the problem. You might be able to stumble into six figures, but you got to be strategic to make seven. 
it's an entirely different ball game. So the second thing is you wanna get clear about your incredible factor. Third thing is you have to get clear about your business model. Now, your business model basically denotes how you wanna earn money, right? How do you wanna get paid? There are tons of different business models out there. You can pick anyone, right? Now, I recommend that you look at a business model that makes it easy for you to scale to seven figures and beyond, right? And so here are the, how many is it? Four, four or five business models that I recommend that are, that are scalable to seven figures. Now you can, again, you can do um, any of these, you can do none of these and you can still make it to seven figures, right? There are, there are more than one way, there is more than one way to skin a cat as the saying goes. But my favorites are the live events business model. That's the business model we've run for the last, what, 10, 11 years. We've, we've focused primarily on holding live events, bringing people together and enrolling them into our programs. And we've generated millions of dollars each year doing so. Speaking, speak, a speaking business model is one where you can generate a million dollars. Now you're going to need to speak, but also offer products and services outside of that speaking to really do it well. Certifications and licensing. Think about uh, John Maxwell and his certification and licensing model. That's a million dollar model. Product launches. If you've ever heard of a guy named Jeff Walker and the product launch formula, there are a lot of people that are doing open and closed cart launches over the course of the year, once or twice a year and generating millions. Memberships. Now, memberships work to generate millions when you have a volume play because most memberships are under $100. Most, not all. There are some out there that are you know, more than that, but the average membership is around that $47 to $97 a month price point. And you can do the math to see how many people you have to get in your membership and keep in your membership to generate millions. But I know people who have $40 memberships that are generating hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. So it's going to take work to build the audience to be able to make it that feasible for you, but it's a business model that works and can generate millions. And then the last one, did I give you, how many did I give you so far? Yeah, I gave you four so far. And then the last one that I think can do extremely well is the sponsorship business model. This is one that you see a lot of celebrities or influencers where in the day and age of influencer marketing, right? A lot of people leverage their influence to generate millions of dollars. So those are probably my five favorite business models to get to seven figures. But there, like I said, there are a ton. There are more than one ways to skin a cat. I'm really big on to making sure that you have a deep business model and not a wide business model. A wide business model is like trying to be Walmart. A deep business model is like being Nordstrom. And maybe not even Nordstrom. Uh, be, being a, a luggage store, and I can't think of the name of the luggage store that we have in our mall. Like a wide would be being a Walmart. You've got everything. You're offering a lot of different stuff. You have, I mean, there's benefits to it, but if you don't get enough traction, you'll end up wasting time and energy in a wide business model. But a deep business model is where you go deep on a few core services, a few core products, and not a multitude of products. But that's the third thing, third thing that you need to do. You need to get clear about your business model. If you want to maximize not only small business week, but your business in or out of an economic downturn in a pandemic, right? Fourth thing, you need to get clear on your offerings, regardless of your business model. You have to have powerful offerings that people are ready, willing, and able to invest in in order to have you solve their spice problem with a spice solution. 
period, point blank. If you don't have powerful offerings, regardless, again, which pricing model you decide you want to use, because there's high ticket, low ticket, and parity pricing. I talked about that in the, in the episode, Low Ticket Wonder. I'll mention that in the show notes if you want to go back and check that out. So you can take a look at the various pricing strategies, because again, there's more than one way to skin a cat. But if you want to get to seven figures as easily and effortlessly as possible, then you want to make sure that you have a business model that makes it easy for you. Now, you're still going to have to have all of the moving parts in place in order to be able to walk that out. And that's a little something we talk about in my Grow Your Business Toolkit, right? I mentioned that at the top of the episode, that the toolkit was really designed to give you that thousand foot view of what it's going to take to get your business to seven figures. It's a really powerful tool. Um, and I highly recommend that you go check it out. Again, it's growyourbiztoolkit.com. And then the last thing you need to get clear on, and this one is especially for my mamas, is you have to get clear on your legacy. What kind of children are you raising? Are you, in, are you raising entitled, spoiled children that because you make millions, they have everything handed to them? Or are you raising responsible, committed citizens of the planet that want to make it a better place? Like only you can decide that. I remember when I was in Mary Kay, there were a lot of national sales directors that were always talking about how they raised their children and how their children would be able to contribute to the world based on their core values, based on the way that they showed up in their lives. Like when you are a mom in business, when you are running things and you are making decisions, you get to be such, well, you get to be a powerful influence for your children regardless. But when you are a businesswoman who is also a mom, the way that you get to show up for others is it's that much more powerful. So that's it. Those are the five. You want to get clear on who God says that you are, get clear on your incredible factor, get clear on your business model, get clear on your offerings and get clear on your legacy. And you'll be able to say, I am the business. I am the business that you are powerful, that you are poised, that you are profitable, that you are shaking the planet. This is what it is all about. Not just a small business week, but all the time. It is truly about recognizing who you are and what you bring to the table and doing your darndest to get it out into the world. Exploitation is not a bad thing, right? If you had the, if you had the cure to cancer, you wouldn't keep it to yourself. She is the business is about knowing that you are the business, knowing that you are the only and obvious choice for your most ideal clients and setting an environment, creating an environment for that to be the realization that they come to as well. So again, I celebrate you mamas. I celebrate you. I can't wait to join you. I'm looking forward to it. Keep posting. I love seeing um, women who are expecting right now. I love it. I don't, I'm not the girl who gets, who cries and gets, you know, all of that negative. I'm excited whenever I see a new baby announcement because that means that God is keeping it close. And I just think that that's who God is. Like he's so gracious and merciful that he would keep it close until it's my time. And I know it's all perspective, right? Because I could choose to be looking at this in an entirely different way, but I celebrate and get excited when I see new moms. Um, I get the, the, um, the leap in my spirit because I know that my turn is going to come soon. I love the scripture. I'll leave you guys with this. Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3. You may know the scripture. Write the vision and make it plain. Write it on tablets that they that read it may run with it. Though it tarry, wait for it, for it will surely come. I am waiting for it. 
And while I'm waiting, I'm celebrating you amazing mothers, you amazing business women that are holding it down while building your, while holding it down with your babies while building your business. I love you. I celebrate you. Happy Mother's Day. I hope you have as amazing of a day as you can have in the midst of a pandemic where we're all staying home to save, to stay safe and save lives. But know that I love you. I see you. I celebrate you. I honor you. You are the business mama. You are the business. She is the business. I'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you for joining me for the Leverage Your Incredible Factor business podcast. If after listening to this episode, you know that it's time that you stop playing and praying small, you should go grab my Grow Your Business Toolkit. Based on the pillars of business optimization, this toolkit is the only resource you need to get crystal clear about what it will take to take your business to the seven-figure mark. Go grab yours today at growyourbiztoolkit.com. And if you enjoyed our time together, do yourself a favor. Head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Until next time, remember you deserve to scale your business, shake the planet, and fund the life you crave. Take care.